going to continue the study that we began a few weeks ago called Watch, Listen, Trust, and Obey. And um, in case you haven't been with us, let me just give you the, the uh, genesis of this particular study. It's very personal for me. Uh, I had been planning to lead a study of the book of Exodus and uh, as we began the first of the year, but I have personally been... Uh, for the last many months, and maybe as many as six months, I, I've been in a process with the Lord involving these four words. I, my, my life gets weird pretty fast. And when I say weird, I mean overwhelming. You know, there's all kinds of stuff coming at me every day from every angle, it seems like. And I feel often as though I'm just barely keeping ahead and probably actually not Lose, I'm actually probably losing ground to this wave that's about to crash over me and take me under. And uh, it can be kind of exhausting. <clears throat> and so I've, uh, for several months now, I, I've brought this before the Lord and there's been uh, a number of ways he's been instructing me about, about how, to, how, how that could be different in my life, how he could make things different in my life. But nothing as important as these four words. Watch, listen, trust, and obey. And for nearly every day during that period of time, I found myself praying, God, help me to see what you're doing and do that. Lord, help me to listen to your voice today, to trust what you say, to trust you, and to obey what you say. And uh, I, I've been considering what these things mean, and I've been, so I've been meditating on searching uh, God's word, and, and uh, it's been um, a really valuable uh, season in my life in that way. And so as we came to the first of the year, I felt, uh, even though I was preparing to do something else, I felt like the Lord gave me permission to bring you along, at least for part of this journey, in case some of the things that uh, were true for me are also true of you and for you. And so that's where we started from. And we've, over the last two weeks, we've talked about watch, we've talked about listen, and today we're going to be talking about trust. And uh, this particular uh, part of the, of the journey that I've been on uh, took an unexpected turn this week. And um, so it's very raw and very real and very fresh with me. And uh, I, um, so I'm, I'm just going to be quite vulnerable with you uh, this morning. And um, uh, that's not really unusual if you know us. We kind of let it all hang out. But I just want to give you a warning that I, I'm in a fresh part of this process right now. Uh, Monday, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, not, not any later in the week than that, this past week, I, I was doing what I've been doing for several months. I was praying and I was asking the Lord uh, to work these principles deep into my into my life and my relationship with him watch this and trust and obey and praying that way and I got to the word trust and I I couldn't get past it and I know the Lord was I you know I don't assume that the Lord uh, would do this to you some of them I'm pretty thick-headed and so sometimes uh, I I have to get smacked in the head so if I say if I say to you that I got whacked in the head to, uh, by the Lord in a really good way, that won't offend you, will it? Uh, sometimes I just have to have a brick come flying at me or I miss it, right? And this was one of those days I'm praying, I get to that word trust and boom, 
And I'm, I'm staggering, really, just... Uh, I, I don't even know what's going on at first, and then I, I realize I don't trust the Lord. And I've, I've, I, I heard the... I mean, I, I don't know how you describe how these things occur, but I felt like the Lord said that to me, you don't trust me. And, I, and at first I'm arguing with them and saying, what do you mean? I, I, I'm, I've been a Christian most of my life. I, 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 you know, I serve you. I tell people week after week that, that it's so important to trust in God and that there, it brings these amazing benefits to your life when you have faith in God. And, and, and it wasn't really, there was no response on the other end. You know how that's like when you're arguing with somebody and they're just standing there letting you soak in your mess? And it was like that, because everything I was saying was just, poof, falling flat. And the Lord didn't have to say anything more. And I found myself actually admitting something that was just extremely difficult. I had to say to God, no, I don't trust you. And then I realized there's really no one in this world I fully trust. No one. I can't tell you how hard it was to get those words across my lips, but they were true. And they weren't shocking to God. He already knew that. And what I didn't know is that for the last several months as the Lord's had me on this journey, we were heading for this moment. And in that moment, I was harpooned in a good way. I am so grateful to the mercy of God, for the mercy of God, that doesn't just let me keep careening on my, on my way. That the Lord has, so, he loves me so much that he'll pursue me, even to those places that are difficult for me to face sometimes, but I need to. A couple of days later, in fact, I think it was just the next day, really, after this happened, and I'm still kind of, whoa, just dealing with it I came home uh, fairly late uh, from uh, you know meetings and whatnot and I just thought I'd sit down and watch TV for a few minutes before bed and and uh, you know we have basic cable so there's really nothing ever to see on there and I so I turned on uh, PBS yes I'm that old I watch public broadcasting <laughs> now I, I you know it's that's funny because I I always told myself, you know, growing up, that's the old people's channel. <laughs> well, there you go. So I turn it on, and there's this um, old uh, documentary about Alcatraz. And uh, in, as part of their telling the history of Alcatraz, they had some uh, inmates who'd actually been there and been incarcerated on the rock and some uh, prison guards who had actually served there. And they were interviewing them through the course of the thing. And they came to this one inmate, and they were talking about uh, what it was, how he felt when he first arrived, and things like that. And, and he, said, he said, you know, you, you have to decide you can't trust anybody. And that's how you preserve yourself. That's self-preservation. That's the word he used. That's self-preservation. You can't trust anyone. That's how you survive in that place. And I, Sue was sitting next to me on the couch. I didn't invite her there. But she, <laughs> and now I'm, I'm just naked, you know, before God in this thing, because I know he's talking to me. 
and I and I'm kind of I don't want her to to know about this, you know. And but man, it was like somebody just took a knife and filleted me. <laughs> I realized in that moment, I in many ways, I am imprisoned by my lack of trust. And I, I realized that the weight, the weight, the complexity the heaviness that is on my life by all the systems and schemes and ways that I insulate myself from anybody failing me or hurting me is overwhelming. I could take you right now down the hallway back there to where my office is and show you on my desk a pile of documents that I, I it's a tickler file. I go through every you know, every day to ensure that things are, that people have promised me are done because I don't trust them to do that. I don't trust them. I don't trust institutions. There's one sitting on there that's been there for two months from AT&T because they're supposed to give us a rebate on some equipment that we bought. I don't trust them to give me that. And that probably shouldn't trust them, right? But, <laughs> but anyway, so I, I, every week I call them, hey, is it coming? Are you, you going to send us that check? You know, because I don't trust them to follow up. So I, I'm, and I realized that just that one example multiplied so many times. I have developed this whole array of systems of self-preservation that at the core of is I don't trust anybody. Maybe that's not you. But if any of what I'm saying right now rings true for you, then I, my prayer today is that you will come with me because I'm right now in this journey to a place that's different than that, in a place that God wants me to be at, and you too. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. I looked up that word all in the Hebrew and it means all. <laughs> um, trust in the Lord with all your heart. I'm pretty good at, at trusting. It's really, I, I was going to say, I'm pretty good at trusting a little or to, with some percentage. And I'll settle for that. But the, but the truth is you can't. You can't. There's, I, I asked myself this week as I'm, where is the point where you, because you, it says don't lean on your own understanding. Your own understanding is your own, not only uh, the things you know, but your capabilities, your, the, whatever you can develop around yourself to insulate yourself from being taken advantage of or whatever, or hurt or whatever. Uh, where is the point where I stop leaning on myself and I'm trusting in the Lord. Where is that point? There isn't any, I realize there is no middle ground. I, I, you know, I'm often trying to do this thing. I'm leaning on my, I'm leaning on my stuff, but I'm, I'm trying to kind of get some weight over on God. But the point is that I can't do that. As long as I have any weight on my side of the thing, I am not I'm not over here. I'm not with the Lord. I'm not trusting in him. I haven't put, there's only one way to trust God. It's to take a flying leap. I keep wanting to keep the net in place. 
And as long as I do, I, I'm not trusting in the Lord with all my heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, it says there. Actually, the, the, the word trust that's used here in the Hebrew language in which this was originally written means to fall upon. It really means that. Trust in the Lord means to fall into his arms. It means to run to him for rescue. Not dabble in it. Not hold in reserve anything. But to, to trust in the Lord means to fall into his arms. To not lean on my own understanding means to be completely vulnerable. And you know what? If, if you're vulnerable... You can be hurt. You can be taken advantage of. That's, that's why I work so hard not to be vulnerable. Now, here's the weird thing, though. Because I'm asking the Lord, I said, Lord, where did this come from in my life? How did this get so twisted up? And, and the Lord was very good to take me back to some, some times in my life where things just collapsed out from under me, you know? And you undoubtedly have had some of those experiences where you've been hurt. Things you were expecting and anticipating or the way you imagined them coming to pass didn't and actually you know, collapsed under you. And those are very painful moments. And uh, so I realized, well, that's, that's where that's come. I, I know where they, I could tell you the stories right now. I know that's where this comes from. I know that's when I began to build this apparatus of self-protection around me. But the deal is, I'm the one who failed me. No one has hurt me as much as I have hurt myself. No one has failed me as much as I have failed myself. When I considered those points of pain where my, this protective, self-protective mechanisms came from, I realized it was my own stupidity. It was my own sin. It was my own pride. It was my own you, me. But the result is I, get, I end up uh, painting everyone else, including God, with this brush, you can't be trusted, when it's really me who can't be trusted. So I'm, I'm, ha I'm having to reconsider all of this because I want to be vulnerable to God. That means, I mean, I, I think we understand this, but let me just say it. That means God could hurt you. If you are fully vulnerable before him and with him, you could fall if he doesn't come through. He will come through. And I can, I, I can tell you that the, part of the reason why this is so hard for me is that God has proven himself over and over and over and over and over and over and over. I will not fail you. At some point, I need to believe that. Now, then I got to thinking about Job. None of us like to think about Job. In fact, we avoid that part of the Bible. <laughs> He, he, uh. That's a guy that lost everything. And it says that God allowed it. And the reason we don't like to go there is because we're kind of afraid that that might happen to us. Let me just 
puts you at rest. That the example of Job in the Bible is a one-off. It's there. God bless that man so that we could learn from his example. It's not something you need to fear. But even though Job was going through uh, the worst of the worst, he said this. Though he, he's talking about God, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. The kind of trust that I know God is calling me towards is that kind, where I will trust him so much that he could hurt me. You, you get what I'm saying? And, and I, I know that's, where the Lord is taking me. I want to become completely vulnerable to him. And then it says, in all your ways, not just in your church ways, you know, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And the, when it, that word acknowledge, it means to know. It's the same word that's used well, it's, it's, a, it's an experiential knowledge. It's not the knowledge that you gain by study or, or uh, because someone tells you about something and you believe what they say. It's something you have experienced, the kind of knowledge you gain from firsthand experience. It's the word that's used in Genesis chapter 4, verse 1, where it says that Adam knew his wife Eve and they produced a son. It was intimate. It was intercourse. It was, you know... It was experience. It's that kind of word. And it says here that, that the kind of trust God is calling us to is the kind that is of complete exposure, complete nakedness before God, vulnerability before him in every area of my life, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And then it says... He'll direct your paths, and that really means he'll make your paths straight. All the twists and turns and winds and up. And I don't know, but my life is often like a roller coaster. And the Lord says that there's a, there's a steadiness and evenness, a straightness that comes to my path as I learn to trust him. And that brings us to some verses I want to share with you as we close this out today. Because the Bible says that when we trust in the Lord... We are immovable. Psalm 125 verse 1 says, Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved but abides forever. Um, look, trusting in the Lord does not mean that challenging, difficult things aren't going to come your way. But instead of just rocking you all over the place when they come, you'll find that, it, that it'll come through and maybe... You, you bend a little, but you're still there. You're still standing, immovable. Those who trust in the Lord, they're like Mount Zion that can't be moved. I want to be, not just for the sake of others, I want to be for my own sake, that kind of person that isn't moved, that isn't just battered around by life, but is steady and steadfast and rock solid. And it says that when I trust in the Lord, that's one of the byproducts, one of the fruit of it. Why? Because he will not fail me. So bring it on. 
I'm going to still be here. Immovable. In Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2, it says this. It says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. It says, When I trust in the Lord, fear goes out the window. And I don't know about you, but I have a number of fears that through my life have tried to, to mess with me, to try to minimize the, the blessing of God in my life, to try to you know, uh, harass me in various ways. And God has given me victory over many fears. But that rascal still keeps showing up in various forms. Maybe that happens for you too. But the Bible says when I trust in the Lord, when I let go of my own understanding and fall upon the, the, the God who will carry me, become completely vulnerable to him, fear can't, fear can't touch me. Of whom then shall I be afraid, the Bible says. In Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, it says, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts you. When I trust in the Lord, there is a peace that comes to my soul, to my life. I asked my wife several years ago as I was beginning to prepare a series of Christmas messages for our church that we were pastoring in San Jose. I said, what do the people that you work with, what is the most important issue in their lives? What is the thing that is number one uh, on their minds at this Christmas season and without hesitation she said peace they want peace they need peace in their lives I'll bet that hasn't changed since then I'll bet some of us here long for peace the Bible says that when I trust in the Lord there's a peace that comes to my life and the Bible describes the kind of peace that God brings as a peace that passes understanding that means it's a peace beyond your, uh, your ability to define. In other words, if you know, everything is just spectacular in your life, all your relationships are good, plenty of money in the bank, you're, in, you're enjoying the ride, and you're at peace about that, well, you can explain that, right? It's the kind of peace when all of those things I just said are not happening, and you're still at rest. That's the kind of peace that God gives. The peace that passes understanding. I want that. I want that. Finally, Jeremiah 17 verse 7 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Now, the word bless, we use a lot. Somebody sneezes, we say, God bless you. You know, we, we read about it a lot in the Bible. It ta it's used often, bless, bless you, God bless me, all that stuff. But we don't often know what it means. And the honest truth is it's hard to define. <clears throat> There's nowhere in the Bible where you can find the list. Bless means this, 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 and this. But it does, it goes back to the first chapter of the Bible. In fact, you could go there right now, Genesis chapter 1, page 1, basically. <clears throat> Verse 27, God is creating everything. And it says in verse 27, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. 
And God said to them, and these are the first words of God to human beings, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and on and on. But it begins with this statement, God blessed them. God set them in, in the context of his intended state for their life. So when it says there in Jeremiah 17, 7, that blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, it says that when I fall upon the faithfulness and trustworthiness of God, that what I'm experiencing is his intended state for my life. That's the way he meant for us to live, without fear, without all the layers of complexity and heaviness that we, that we lay upon ourselves in attempts to protect ourselves and keep ourselves, you know, self, self-preservation and all that. And that's where I want to go. And so that's been my prayer. And I believe that God knew all along that uh, we were on a collision course with this issue, but he was faithful to pursue me and he will you too. And so maybe, just maybe, today is part of that for you. This is recording number 11141 from the teaching ministry of Crossroads Foursquare Church in Fairfield, California. It was recorded on Sunday morning, January 18, 2015. This is the third message in a series titled, Watch, Listen, Trust, and Obey. This message by Randy Bolt is titled, Trust, 